Welcome to the end of the Australian Open on No Challenges Remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg, joined for the 14th time here in Melbourne oh, geez. by my dear friend Courtney Nguyen. Hi, Courtney. Hello, Ben. It's been a lot of NCRing. So much NCR. A lot of postcards. So many postcards. We just found another stack of ones that we thought we had finished <laughs> that we realized we hadn't finished. We're going to have a long night of postcarding. It's going to be pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. That's one spin. Yes. I happy to do it. Happy to do we're it. We're happy to do it. We're, to we're do still, it. It's, it's been the... We're just a little crunch for time, but we're happy to exactly, do it. Exactly. Exactly. So all that being said, Courtney, the Australian Open is now over. Let's go back to the ending of it, which was the men's final. Novak Djokovic beat Andy Murray in straight set, 6-1-7-5-7-6 to win. I think that's pretty much what we saw coming. I mean, I, I was picking Djokovic in three. Um, I was actually was a little... I, the first set went how I thought it would. I was actually impressed by Murray in the, in the last two sets. He was able to keep it really close on the scoreboard, at least, even at times when it seemed like he was getting blown out in those tight scoreboard sets. Uh, what were your thoughts on how uh, this tournament wrapped up for the dudes? You know, Novak Djokovic is who we thought he was, yep. and Andy Murray is who we thought he was. And, uh, you know, a valiant effort from Murray, I agree with you, that it was a lot closer in the end than I suspected that it would be. Um, you know, especially after that first set, I think you and I said this could be one, two, and one. Yeah. Um. So good battle back from from Andy Murray, but Novak Djokovic on a completely different level from anyone else. Already by the end of January, he has beaten Andy Murray, Roger Federer, and Rafael Nadal. Yeah. In hasn't well, he lost a set to Federer, but like I mean, in dominant fashion, dominant fashion, against dominant all of them. Fashion. and also dominated Nishikori along the yeah. way. I mean, he's just doing. It's insane. Real well. It's insane. He's doing real well. He, there's a huge, huge gap yeah. between Novak and the rest, and it seems no sign of slowing. I mean, Federer got a set off of him, and he did against Murray drop his level a little bit, or didn't keep the huge distance. But what we learned here in this tournament, I think, especially from the Simone match and even the Nishikori match, is that Djokovic is like not best is way better than everybody else's best. Yeah, and I that's scary. I saw some tweet, and I apologize if I don't uh, credit the person, but. Uh, they said on Twitter, uh, you know, the two best players in tennis right now are Novak Djokovic at his best and Novak Djokovic at his worst. Like, that's, that's right. what we're talking about when we talk about a gap. And as much as we talk about Serena and the gap between her and the rest of the field, I mean, she's lost in the last two majors yeah. to people who you would suspect that she would beat. Novak hasn't had a bad loss in the last 12 months. Even you could argue even longer than that if you yeah. want. To, yeah, if Karlovich you, if you is throwing Karlovich, yeah. but you know, uh, it's it's remarkable. It's insane. He shows no signs of slowing down, and yeah, this is the new normal. This is the new normal for Novak. Let's go big picture on Novak to get ahead of this. Novak gets his eleventh Grand Slam here, his sixth in Australia. That's a lot in one place, uh, but still eleven is a lot total. I mean, like his his nut his. Uh, Skewing to one place is Nadal-esque almost, even though it's not a sure. solo surface. Uh, so I don't know how that much colors how you see him, but really 11 is 11. His ranking gap is enormous, and he's held on to this for quite a while now since, I guess, Wimbledon 2014, I guess, when he took back over number one. And it just doesn't look like he's going to give it up within the next year, it seems like, unless something goes really wrong for him. Novak, let's just go big picture. I got a bunch of questions about this. Do you think he catches Rogers 17? He's at 11. 
He's about he's going to turn twenty nine in May. And and Roger could also win more theoretically. One more, Roger could get one more. <laughs> You're making faces, saying that's not likely. Your face is doing a lot of math in front of me. It's entertaining. What are you thinking? Talk us through your show. Your work. Okay, I think yes. Twenty eight years old, playing at his peak. Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal not so much playing at their peak. The only person who's closest to him maybe is Murray. Andy's Andy. Uh, Novak's own Andy. Yeah, exactly. So, so you're talking about two and a half, three years maybe, where he is the dominant force on the ATP tour, with no youngsters coming up. I mean, really, we don't think he can get six majors? Absolutely, I do. Yeah. I think, yeah, honestly, you know, three more years, he's playing twelve more majors. You think fifty percent success rate? That's high. So. That's good. And even beyond that, he can pick up a couple. Yeah. So yeah, I would, I would pretty much agree with you there. I think he is, I think he's on pace for like seventeen. I, I don't know, which is would be a tie passing Roger. I don't know. And if Roger, sure. if Roger okay. can get another one, and this, I said this before about Nadal back when Nadal looked like he was in position. And I think Nadal is at fourteen right now and is a bit stalled. I don't see Nadal getting four more to pass Roger. Seems like a bit much yeah. to hope for at this point for Nadal and Nadal fans. But yeah, I think that Novak is just playing that well. And like you said, nobody's coming up with the exception of Ronich, who had a great tournament here, uh, got hurt as he often has. Uh, yeah, no, there's not a lot of uh, hoof prints in the in the. Sorry, not a lot of you know hoof sound. What 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 do you call them? Hoof something. You know what I mean? What what's the term? Like hoof horses? There are no horses anywhere near Novak. No one's on a horse. I don't know, I don't what know I'm if saying, any of guys. that. Then none of that made sense. That none was, of that made sense. Hopefully, people know what I meant. Like you know where like Novak is like on a horse and it's a really flexible horse and there are people behind him like charging up behind, being like, "We're the ATP cavalry. We're on our horses. We're gonna get him." Yeah, not and it's very distinctly different from like when Roger was at his peak or Rafa was at his peak or Novak back in the day when he was initially at his peak where you did feel like there was a charge that there was like at least a group of four or five players that were moving towards them and trying to close the gap let's remember with Roger Roger had only won only quote unquote four slams before Nadal won his first yeah so and he even then in those first four he had Roddick he was beating Roddick but Roddick was there you know, getting beat, but right. still there. And Nadal came up pretty quickly. Djokovic now, I don't get the sense that Murray's closing the gap no. at all. No one, Djokovic is no one's widening closing the, gap. the gap. And for him to, yeah, that's what's so unique about Novak is that he's widening the gap like mid-career. Yeah. We it's don't see so. that. That's pretty nuts. That's so. amazing. So Novak Djokovic, nutso tennis player. Um, also nutso, sidebar, was, I wasn't actually there for this, but his... Buddy and a page, occasionally they said on TV, occasional hitting partner Niall Horan from Come One on. Direction was there in the hallway afterwards, and they apparently like shut down like that main. We talk about this area a bunch on the podcast. It's like Main Street area where you know media can talk to coaches. It's outside the players' lounge. Apparently they like closed it off to media so that Niall and Novak could have their own special moment or something. It's Niall, you guys, and I say this as someone who like likes One Direction more than anybody else in this room. True. <laughs> We're alone in this room, and just in case you're wondering, and yeah, yeah, it's silly. So all of that, Novak's, that's not his fault. He did throw his shoes to the crowd, which seems dangerous. Remember, they were really dangerous. They were a weapon in the Nutcracker shoes, you guys. Remember, know your literature. It's true. But yeah, they survived, and Novak was happy. Serbian fans, all happy. Something was a bigger Serbian turnout this year than maybe a couple recent years. So I don't know if they just had a lot of confidence this year or what, but the Novak fan base was in full force, and that was all cool. Let's talk Andy Murray. Andy Murray, I'm going to play you the clip from his 
speech at the end when he talks about Kim. Courtney's making a heart with her fingers. Let's hear, let's hear from Andy. And finally to my wife, Kim, who I'm sure is... Um, she's going to be watching back home just now. You've been a legend the last two weeks. Thank you so much for all of your support. And I'll be on the next flight home. Lovely words. So sad. But like, also inspiring. Like, it was so heartfelt. And like, the way that he said it, because he was kind of going through the motions in his concession speech. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know, to my wife, Kim. Like, he, and then he got like really legit, like, Kind of like his movie moment, like de- his declaration of love moment. It was wonderful. It, it was, was great. great. It was pretty great. Andy Murray has come to be known for those sort of moments on court a little bit. Uh, this is his fifth Australian Open final that he lost out of five. Uh, where does this leave him for the rest of the year, do you think? Still a great year for him. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like the same thing that we say about like players who like lose to Serena or like whatever. It's like, if you're second best to Serena. You're good. You're really, really good. You know, and it's the same with Andy. He will leave Australia as the number two player in the world. He defended his points in the final. Um, He got out of there relatively unscathed with all the things that were going on around him. He's a great tennis player. He may not, he's not going to go down as like a greatest ever. But Ben, you had an observation about Andy Murray that you vocalized the other night. Oh, this is just, it was more of a discussion topic. And I think it's probably right. Andy Murray has to be, even if he stopped now and never made another slam final, has to be the greatest two-slam champ ever. I mean, he was, for a long time ever, he was around long enough that he was in the greatest never-to-win-a-slam conversation right, for quite yeah, a while. Then yeah. he got those two in relatively short succession within 12 months or within nine months or 10 months, however far apart. He was open and Wimbledon are from each other the other way. Uh, he got two, and he's now, I think, two and seven in slam finals. Is that right? Two and seven? It's either yes. two and seven or two and eight. I think it's two and, eight, two and, two, two and yeah. seven. He's lost five here, one at Wimbledon, one in the U.S. Yeah, two and seven. So that's a bad winning percentage. There's no getting around. There's no... But in a know, golden era? In a golden era. Still, still a bad winning percentage in a golden era when you're getting there that much. All that said, he's pretty good. He's and pretty he's good. And, he, and he, I think this tournament, I mean, I think power rankings if you want to put him or Federer number two still debatable sure but uh yeah good enough tournament for Andy Murray for sure uh let's see other other one other sort of general tournament wrap thing or one news item before we go big picture we didn't talk about hanging from the women's side this happened second week and I sort of missed it I guess when it happened is that Petra Kvitova split with longtime coach David Katiza uh Courtney I know you spoke to David for WTA Insider in Singapore and thought you know we're pretty you know, positive or impressed by, I guess, how that those two seem to relate to each other and their dynamic uh, thoughts on their on their split. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. Su- I mean, it's marginally surprising insofar as like they just they gel so well together that and and they're just they had such a great coaching relationship. That being Lo- said, longest coaching relationship in the yeah, top ten for sure. There, there comes a point where a new voice is needed. Okay, so maybe Petra, I think, um, understands that. That being said. To let go of a longtime coach and not have a succession plan already uh, in place is a little bit worrying. But it's shocking, it's disappointing, but at the same time, I think that it's the right move. It's just kind of one of those, like, oh, I like you guys together as a team. Like, I don't want you to split up, but it's probably the right go. Okay, fair. I mean, I think that Petra is now down to number nine, I think, in the rankings with her loss here uh, to Gavrilova. 
it's not a good time of year for her generally, the start of the year. And remember, she skipped Indy Wells in Miami altogether last year. So I don't know if she's planning on playing this year. I haven't heard her say either way. I assume as much. I would I assume know. so, but who knows? And she's playing Fed Cup this week uh, for the Czech team. So good for her there. And we'll see how it all goes. So I guess let's start with women going forward out of this Australian Open big picture. How did this change things? And, and what are you looking for next on the uh, WTA landscape? I mean, I think obviously we're going to be paying much more attention to Angelique Kerber yep. um, as as she goes on and how she deals with kind of the pressure of, of being a Grand Slam champion and uh, and all that. So so there is that. I think that we'll keep a closer eye on Victoria Azarenka. I think that she played well uh, yeah. up until the end. Uh, Lost the eventual champion. Yeah, exactly. As she had at the previous two. Wait, no. As she had at two of the previous three slams. Right. So Serena. you know she she's uh, she's on she's on the right way. Um, Azarenka, you know, there's a lot of players that that have question marks. Uh, we mentioned a bit of a Halep, uh, Venus, yeah, you know, top 10 players who were not entirely sure where they're at because they did they didn't have a great January, so we'll keep an eye on those. And then, of course, Serena Williams, uh, I maintain that she played far better this fortnight than I expected her to. And there's a lot to build on that. And I don't think that the loss to Kerber was soul-crushing. So I think she'll be fine. I don't think it's soul-crushing. I think it. I think it's a definite stumble on the road to Steffi and Margaret Court. I mean, this was a missed opportunity to notch another, you know, slam in her belt. She got in the third set of a slam final. Hasn't lost much from there. But yeah, she's still number one. There's no. There's nobody better than her right now. Kerber had a, a good night. I think if they play ten times, Serena wins at least seven of them, conservatively. That's conservative. Yeah, yeah. exactly. At least seven. Uh, so yeah, so I think that Serena's still fine. She's playing, I guess we next see Serena in Dubai, I think. Theoretically. Theoretically in Dubai, and then Indian Wells, I think she's playing, and Miami. So yeah, so we'll see more of her. This has generally been a pretty good time of year. She's a good spring player. So we'll see how she does. Men's side, what's going on? I mean, it's the same old, same old. Milos, yeah, Milos. And we'll see how, how, how serious the injury is in terms of if it keeps him out. But he's the he's the big winner, I think, outside of yeah. Novak in this tournament. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. He he kind of rewrote rewrote his own script, so I think that that's that's massive. So I think Milos could be a, a an incredible impact player this season. Uh, and and you know we we'll keep an eye on Rafa. Yeah. I think that's to get blown out in the Doha final, and then to get I mean no one was beating Verdasco that day, but to lose to Verdasco first round. That's disappointing. He'll probably he'll, he's now going to go do the golden swing through South America yeah. on clay. So maybe that you know he he gets his legs out, you know his legs under him in preparation for Indian Wells Miami. And that worked but, well back in twenty. Yes. What was it? Thirteen? No. Fourteen. 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 Thirteen. I thought fourteen, but I don't know. Thirteen. When he when he was at when he missed Australia. Vinia Del Mar and won a few tournaments and then won Indian Wells and they got to be number one later that year. Yeah. Yeah, 13. Okay. So, I mean, he he can do that. That's that's a very best case scenario for Rafa. We'll see. It has not been a great, you know, 12 months for him and by his standards. So, we'll see. I think he's definitely one to watch as well. Uh, any lasting memories, Courtney, from the 2016 Australian Open? I mean... Just don't fucking spit in my bin, dude. Like, <laughs> I love that it's been like 48 hours since that happened and you're still, I, I understand it. I cannot. It just blows my mind. So that will unfortunately be a lasting memory. But otherwise, no, it was a, it was a good tournament. 
fun to see friends, make new friends, all these sorts of things. Hung out a lot with the Spaniards. Oh, you had a day with, let's talk about this, with Kerber after she won the title. Yeah. You spent the day with Kerber doing morning. her morning. You spent the morning with Kerber. How was that? How was it yeah, seeing was her great. and how did she seem to be handling it all? She hadn't slept a wink, so yeah. the words were were difficult at times, but um, I interviewed her for the Insider podcast and she was great. Um, she looked phenomenal. She, yeah. she cleaned up real good. She jumped into the Yara. She, she didn't, she didn't look sleep deprived, so that was good. Yeah, no, she, she, she handled it well. So, um, you know, every time I see the pictures of, of Angie and the trophy, it's still kind of like, holy shit, that happened. But again, so happy for her and so happy for just like a hardworking, like no nonsense player getting her due. I think that's pretty great. Uh, so, yeah. That's, that's pretty great indeed. It was a fun tournament. That's, I think, a really satisfying women's tournament mm-hmm. in the end. A very satisfying champion. I mean, Kerber be, did it the hard way, beating Vika and Serena. A uh, long time coming you can't for take her. Away this, you can't take this run away from you her. You can't minimize anything about yeah, it. It was, she it was, was legit. Massive. It was seriously it was legit. legit. So that's a pretty cool way to win one if you're going to win one to do it that way. And, yeah, maybe she has a Vavrinka-type late career surge. That's the sort of template she followed by this title. So we'll see for her. That's, a, again, best-case scenario maybe, but good for her for doing it. And it'll be cool to see how you know, the public embraces her now that she's a bit more of a tennis A-lister, I guess, than she was before. Yeah, in her most own definitely. Life. So good for her and good for you guys for listening to us throughout this entire Australian Open. It's been a lot of NCR, 14 periscopes. 14 podcasts. Courtney is like face palming out of sheer exhaustion from it all. I'm so tired. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. But thank you guys very much for listening here. If you want to follow along with and you're not listening, when we're back stateside soon, we're both getting on planes tomorrow. So that'll be cool. Uh, follow along on Facebook. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NCR podcast. Follow us on Twitter at NCR underscore tennis. You can send us emails and questions. We'll take some questions in February. We'll have some question time. For sure. Uh, no challenges remaining at gmail.com is the address there. Write as long as you want. You can send it on Twitter sometimes, but those get buried a bit. Email, we can save them better. You can also subscribe to our show and get new episodes delivered automatically to you uh, on any podcast app or iTunes or the podcasts app on Apple, which is kind of iTunes anyway. And leave us reviews on iTunes, and we like those. And any other place that has reviews, tell your friends and family and such to listen to NCR if you like them. They'll appreciate you for it. And yeah, that's it from us from Melbourne. It's been a long one. <laughs> but fun. So long. But fun. Fun. Definitely. On the NCR front, it's been wonderful. Oh yeah. No, on the NCR front, it's been great. It's, you know, it's just been a different, a different Australian Open. But uh, yeah. We'll leave it with that. Thank you guys very much. See you in America. Or we'll be in America. Bye. So excited to go home.